0: Good morning. It is Women of Strength Wednesday, and you are listening to special episode twenty-four. And boy, are we excited! We we're always excited around here, but we we have some extra excitement in the air today. Um, we have a very special guest with us, um, one of our very own VBAC link trained doulas, Gina Conley from North Carolina. It's North Carolina, right? Or South? North. Yep. North Carolina. <laughs> North Carolina. All right. So North Carolina's gonna be confused sometimes. <laughs> but Gina is totally rocking it. And um, you might have seen her around. Her Instagram is Mama Stay Fit. So it's kinda of like Namaste, like in yoga, but mm-hmm. with an M instead of an M. Very clever, by the it way. It is very clever. I love it. Mama Stay Fit on Instagram and on Facebook. And she's getting to be pretty famous for her videos demonstrating pelvic floor movement and flexion and fetal head flexion and fetal rotation and different movements to really help get your body prepared for labor and how to help move your baby through the pelvis during labor and so Megan and I have been really geeking out lately over this particular subject of birth mm-hmm. and so naturally we want to have we wanted to have Gina on with us before we get too far into it i'm going to have Jean introduce herself after the intro but i've just got to tell you Jean has been with us since the very beginning when we used to <laughs> for our online classes we used to broadcast them over zoom and zoom is a great tool when you're one-on-one but what we learned very quickly as is it is that it's not great when you're teaching a class nope. and <laughs> broadcasting the class at the same time. So we are so glad that Gina still loves us <laughs> after, <laughs> after our very, very early stages of our online VVAC doula training. But now we have a full-fledged course. It is all video style at your own pace. Much better delivery style, I guess you could say. So we are going to get right to Gina and all of her wonderful goodness fountain of knowledge after our little intro.
1: You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan.
0: All right. I'm excited, Megan. I know me and Megan have just been like, the last couple of kinds we've had in labor, we are just um, working through all of this different, where your legs are positioned to help the pelvis open in certain areas, depending on where the baby's at. And even in our in our VBAC class for doulas now, and our parents course, we have um, different instructional videos and teach differently how to help get these babies in optimal positions, especially for parents who had their C-sections because... Um, of a suspected big baby or who have been told that their pelvises are too small. There is so much science behind this, guys. And I'm so excited for Gina from North Carolina to talk to us more about these things. But before we get into the questions that we have for her, I just want to turn over to her for a little bit. And and Gina, can you tell us just a little bit more about you and your background and why, what drew you really to to this particular part of birth.
2: So I'm Gina. I'm the owner, head coach, and birth doula for Mama Stay Fit. And we are located in Southern Pines, North Carolina near the Army-based Fort Bragg. Um, A lot of people know us for the golf Mecca Pinehurst uh, where I think the US Open or something was held there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found my way supporting women during their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum after the birth of my daughter in 2017. I was actually transitioning off of active duty as an army officer and getting ready to start grad school. I did not Uh, know you were in the army.
0: I was in the army. um,
2: for about seven years, I was actually an army officer.
0: Wow. I Um, was, I was a a sergeant. So I'll just, yes, ma'am. You can go go (laughs) ahead and continue, (laughs) ma'am. I was the ma'am. That's funny. (laughs) I mean, not funny, but you know, all right, proceed.
2: Uh, (laughs) Um, So I started grad school when I got on the army for computer science at first, and I was super confused and totally hated it. And then Mama Say Fit just kind of came to fruition, like kind of randomly. I actually don't remember how exactly I came to it, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to train women that are prenatal and postpartum in fitness training. And my husband was like, okay, cool. Sounds great. And then, so I started out Mama Stay Fit and then a fitness client asked me to be her doula and I was like, sure, I'll go take a course. So I went to like Dona's course and have loved attending births ever since and supporting moms and have really kind of dove into like the anatomy and physiology of birth because there's so much mystery to labor and Mm -hmm. how people give birth and there's a lot of anxiety and fear associated with it. But when you can explain things scientifically... It gives people a lot of tools that they can then use, and it kind of takes away a lot of the fear. And They understand what's happening. So my degrees are in exercise science and art studio. So I have a science-based degree and then one that's a little bit more fun. Um, And I'm working on my master's in exercise science now, Um, taking a bunch of courses in anatomy and physiology of birth and fitness. So I feel like I'm pretty savvy, always willing to learn more. So, yeah, that's kind of how Mama Safe Fit came to be and how Gina came to be the person she is right now.
0: Well, we love Gina, the retired, not retired, the previous prior service former, um, m- former <laughs> captain in the military. What was your MOS? Just curious.
2: I was an MP actually, or oh military my police. Gosh,
0: officer. I was commo. So when you said you were um were, when you said you were taking computer science degree and hated it, I was like, that's literally what I did in the military. Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is is that I was in an MP unit um, most of my career. So that's really funny. I, we, we kind of have these this little connection with each other that we never knew.
2: We're meant to be.
0: We are meant to be. It's a good thing. We found each other. <laughs> so I have this weird thing. This is not related to Army. But I have this weird thing about Gina that I should probably admit to her. (laughs) Oh, oh. Don't think I'm weird. (laughs) You're totally weird. I'm obsessed with your legs. (laughs) legs. (laughs) I'm serious. Oh, she's blushing right now. Oh, I'm literally obsessed with your legs. I love them. They're beautiful and I want them. So be careful, Gina, because if, well <laughs> if, if you could give me your legs, if you could give me your legs, you could work mine out all day and you, you could get them back <laughs> to where you were. <laughs> but I love your legs. I love your legs. Like I love your videos, and I'm like, dang, look at her legs. Like they're awesome. All right, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> we're get
1: into thank you.
0: Legs connect the hip bone. What is it? The leg bone connects Thanks to, to the, the hip bone. bone. <laughs> oh, oh, Gina. All right. We're excited. All right, Let's do Gina get into with, some the, questions with for. the sexy legs. Um, Seriously, though, go look at them. Well, oh, I'm going to as soon as I ask her this question because mm-hmm. now I'm really curious. All right, Gina. We have lots and lots of parents being told that their babies are too big or that their pelvises are too small to have babies, and that's why they have their initial C-sections, and that's why they get um, talked into having repeat C-sections. So I want to know, what would you say to those parents, and and what are some tips that you would give them to help, um, help them get ready for their VBAC, or just their first vaginal birth?
2: So I, I guess I would first question how that determination even happen. like what tests did they do, like how did they determine that your pelvis is too small or that your baby is too big? Like ultrasounds are not always super accurate. And even if they are and your baby is 10 pounds, women give birth vaginally to 10 pound babies all the time.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, like so I would, really... I would feel pretty confident in saying like if your previous C-section was because of failure to progress, it probably wasn't that your baby was too big. It was probably because your baby was in a less optimal position to descend mm-hmm. through your pelvis for birth. And there's a whole ton with, like, fetal positioning. So you have babies that are head down, which is usually a pretty good way to give birth vaginally. Um, Not everywhere can support breech deliveries. So if your baby's head down, that's awesome, but there's more to it. So your baby has to have its head also tucked. So if you put your hands on, like, the top of your head – and you tuck your chin, you'll be right at the crown of the head. It's much smaller than if you, like, look straight forward and you've actually extended your head and then you put your hands on top of your head. Like, that that opening is significantly larger. So if your baby is in your uterus and their chin is tucked, they're presenting a much smaller portion of their head to your cervix and vaginal opening, which is going to help their skull mold a lot better for a vaginal birth. I hope that makes sense. It's hard to do without my little models and no, stuff No, it totally
0: did. I'm doing it right now. I'm like putting my, ask Megan, I'm like oh, top I of my head and yeah. then I took my head and then like pop most point. It is smaller. I mean, like, obviously, but it's really just cool to like, to put that, you know, just to feel it and touch it. Everyone should be doing that right now. If you are not doing that right now, then pause and do it right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm too busy trying to find your legs. Okay, keep going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, depending on where your baby is within your uterus, can kind of influence whether or not their head is going to tuck. So, usually you hear like you want your baby to be LOA. So, your fetal positioning is, be- is referred to as like three letters. So, first letter is going to be either an LOR, which is right or left. The next one is going to be occiput. I'm horrible at anatomy words pronouncing right. them in real That's life. Right. Um, God damn it. So it's the back of the baby's head. So that's the reference point. And then it's going to be like an A or P or T at the end, which is which direction is the back of the baby's head. So either transverse, so to either hip, um, anterior, which is going to be towards the front, or posterior, which is the back. So usually you're like, you want your baby to be LOA, LOA. Like LOA is the best. Well, for 80% of women, LOA is a good starting point, but there's a 20% where ROA is going to be better. So what I mean by that is, 80% 80% of women, their uterus has right obliquity, so it leans towards the right side. So the right side of the uterus in most women is more steep, while the left side is going to be a much more curved. So because the right side is more steep, babies tend to be more extended in their position or deflex, so their head is presenting a bigger portion towards the cervix. Mm-hmm. While if babies are on the left side, they tend to be more curled and their chins are tucked, so they present a much smaller portion. So that's why LOA tends to be more optimal but even for like LOA is like the very very beginning of labor eventually you want your baby to engage in an LOT position so being transverse to where their head is towards either hip so LOA is important but really it's the left side that's important for most women but then there are like 20% where the right side is more important so it kind of it varies from woman to woman
0: um, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense so how would you know if you are one of those 20% or what should you be, or maybe should we be focusing on something else besides where the baby is, where the baby is, like as far as LOA, LOR, LOT? So what I like to focus on is how the mom is just moving on her own.
2: So if you're unmedicated and you don't have an epidural, like you're going to move in a way that's going to help your baby descent. So like as a doula, I can see that. Or like if I was a birth partner, like I could watch my like, the laboring mother or woman like do her thing and based on how she's moving is is probably how her baby needs to descend so i don't know if that makes sense so innate movement is really going to be a big indicator of what side maybe is better for somebody as opposed to being so focused on baby needs to be in this position this position is the best position it's like well maybe it's not the best best position for her so Mm -hmm. if we can continue to support her in the way that she wants to move like that's gonna that's gonna help her even more
0: if yeah no so what you're what you're saying is that really allowing a woman to just be free to move how she feels inclined to and really just like listen to her body and let her do it sing without tying her down to a bed is is optimal yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you, yes. you can watch and see like okay well if she's doing a lot of things where like her right maybe, her right leg is up and her making her hips asymmetrical that might be like her body's way of trying to wiggle baby down and into um, a more optimal position. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the other thing is if your body is balanced, so you have a lot of muscles that support your pelvis and your uterus and you have ligaments that support your uterus and how it attaches to your pelvis.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: there's so many different muscles and ligaments that all support everything. So the more balanced that we can be in all those muscles and ligaments, the better setup that the uterus is going to be for a baby. So baby's going to go where there's space, where there's room for it. Mm-hmm. And if like one side is tighter than the other, it's going to decrease the space on that side and baby's going to be forced to be on the opposite side, which Maybe is an optimal size for baby, maybe not. So, if your ligaments are all fairly balanced within your uterus, and your musculature that surround your hips are fairly balanced, like your glutes both fire equally, like your hamstrings fire well, like your quads are both working well, like your back muscles are even, and then like the ligaments that attach the uterus, like your round ligaments, your uterine ligaments, like. So those are all balanced. Baby's going to go where it makes the most sense for baby to be. And so if it's on the right side and you are a fairly balanced person, maybe the right side is better for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, If
2: it's on the left side, which most people are going to be on, it's probably the left side for you. So there's a lot to trying to find that balance. So seeing like a Webster certified chiropractor is going to help with the ligaments specifically. Like they're trained specifically in pregnancy. And so there's a difference between like a Webster certified chiropractor and just any chiropractor. I'm sure every chiropractor wants to help women, but Webster certified wants are specific for pregnancy, and there's a difference in the way that mm-hmm. they treat women. Um, or they provide care, not treat women. They all treat women well. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, the way that they provide care is differently. Working with a trainer that is specific for prenatal or postpartum, more than just somebody who boasts being an Instagram expert. So, like, I offer online and in-person programming for people. There are plenty of trainers across the country that have the expertise that I have to work with prenatal women to help them be balanced muscularly. And then seeing like a pelvic floor PT, even during pregnancy can be really helpful to kind of see like, Hey, this side of your pelvic floor is like way tighter than the other. Let's do some stuff to help loosen that up. Cause really tight pelvic floors. Sometimes are asynclitics so where like one side is tighter than the other.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: and that can cause issues too for how the baby is going to position. So there's a ton of resources out there to help you find that balance within your pelvis area so that baby can be, Baby has the space to go where baby needs to go based on your own anatomy. Um, and that's stuff you can do during pregnancy, uh, yeah. which is pretty cool. And then Spinning Babies has some stuff too for the ligaments as well. Like they have like a online video that you can watch for like 20 bucks
0: or something. Yeah, like the Three Sisters of um, Balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We love us some Spinning Babies. Um, we took their course, their full day course, when they came out here to Salt Lake City and just really learned a lot. And then uh, we went to the Evidence Based Birth Conference and Megan and I each like divided and conquered so we each went to one of the four workshops well i Mm -hmm. mean we, we so we each picked one so we could beat at half the workshops and then came back to each other and like reported and megan went to one on pelvic movement and um how it matters during birth and labor and i I even I just learned so much more in her five minute recap of the course that my mind is just blown and I literally like do my prenatals and everything differently with clients now, just teaching them how to create more room in their pelvis so the baby can need so the baby has an easier way of getting to where it needs to be instead of trying to force it into an LOA position.
2: Yes, exactly. And baby doesn't stay in LOA the entire length of labor either, mm-hmm. like baby's going to first enter your pelvis or we're going to try to enter the pelvis in this LOA position or maybe ROA depending. We'll go with LOA. That's sometimes most people. Yeah. So baby's going to enter it kind of like an angle to get underneath that sacral promontory. So that like lumbar spine, that low back that curves inwards,
0: mm-hmm. baby's
2: going to kind of curl underneath that and then rotate into like an LOT. So the back of the head is towards the left hip. So if you look at the top of the baby's head, it's Gonna line up with the with the most space of the pelvis. So the pelvis is wider side to side on the top, mm-hmm. and the baby's head is longer side to or front to back. So baby's gonna fit in, in that LOT position, and that's how baby's going to engage. So it goes from LOA to LOT. So that's already a change there. So if we were only focused on LOA the whole time, we're already setting ourselves up for failure. Yeah. Um, after baby goes LOT, then it's gonna do an internal rotation to LOA, move to the mid pelvis and pelvic floor cubot is a buttonhole, so it attaches front to back, so front of your pubic bone to your sacrum and then the different openings uh, within it. So like side-to-side movements are going to be really helpful. So if you think about like a rubber band, if you pull it and then you just keep pulling it in the same front-to-back direction, it doesn't get any wider. But then if you have someone grab a side and pull it sideways or diagonal, it gets wider. So it's the same thing with your cubot floor. Baby's going to go in this LOA position again to kind of wiggle through in like a diagonal pattern to help to help make its way through that pelvic floor and then after baby goes LOA it's going to go to OA so back is totally towards the front tuck mm-hmm. underneath that pubic bone and it's like this a mid pelvis yeah
0: is that mid pelvis yeah. no, or outlet. outlet this is like okay. plus two yeah. babies getting
2: ready to be born outlet so baby do does all these different rotations through the pelvis so if we only focus on LOA or baby being in this one position the entire time like it's not going to work like baby needs to rotate as it descends because different parts of the pelvis open in different ways Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like when somebody's pushing and they're being told like spread your knees really wide to make space for your baby it's like well make space for the baby where like why knees doesn't open the pelvis even part
0: of their pelvis and not the outlet when you're spreading your legs wide Mm-hmm. Um, so what so, you're saying like, is it's more important to focus on what station baby's at instead of how far dilated you are.
2: Yes. So usually dilation kind of matches, mm-hmm. not always, with station. Usually it doesn't. It's so different for everybody. But station is so, so important. So if someone's, like, plus two, like, we're trying to get baby into that LOT position. So trying to get baby sideways somebody's like plus one to negative one so in that kind of in that like active labor phase mm-hmm. which is usually when most moms will be like you'll just see mom start doing like side to side movements suddenly or yeah. like uneven hip movements like she's going to lift just one hip at a time that's usually my indicator that someone is probably a minus one to a plus one like she's she's moving sideways she's trying to make room in her mid her pelvic floor right mm-hmm. now to help baby descend through there and then when she I mean, essentially, when you see a head, it's outlet time. And that's when you yeah, want to focus yeah. on that internal rotation, like more neutral spine, like allowing room from the sacrum to move for the outlet. So they all have three very distinct. So inlet, we want to focus on the posterior pelvic tuck, so tucking the butt underneath. External rotation of the knees or femurs, so it's wide knees. Wide knees, tuck the butt under. And this is like early labor. Sideways diagonal. Yeah, so that would be like early labor. Mm-hmm. like. You're, like, super excited in your labor. You think it's going to be super easy because contractions <laughs> are not that bad.
0: Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's way to put it.
2: And then you're going to start moving into that mid pelvis. You're going to want that so, sideways, diagonal-type movements, uneven hip movements. So, like, this is when I would have someone walk up a downstairs sideways or, like, mm-hmm. curb walking is another one where you have, like, one foot on something higher, like, side lunges. Anything that's, like, uneven in the hips is going to help baby kind of wiggle through the pelvic floor. And then pretty much once you can see your baby's head is when we want to focus on outlet movements, which is going to be opening the bottom portion of the pelvis. So those sitz bones, we're trying to move them away from each other. So internal rotation of the fever, so knees in closer than ankles. You could still have wide knees, but the ankles just have to be out a little bit farther for that internal rotation, and it's going to open the bottom. So if you like sit on your hands and you find your sit bones or those like prominent like bony parts on the bottom of your butt mm-hmm. and you bring your knees together and then you bring your knees wide, you can feel when they go wide, they get closer together. When you bring your knees together, they get farther apart. So it's the same thing for birth, like millimeters matter yeah. um, when you're trying to get your baby out that is maybe not in like the best position ever or even if baby is in an awesome position. And if you see, like, pictures and stuff of moms that are, like, just spontaneously giving birth, like, on the toilet or something, you'll see that their knees are coming closer to one another. Like, when I watch my daughter, like, use the toilet, like, she brings her knees closer together when she's pooping. Like, it's the same, like, it's just an innate
0: thing that we do, but we don't realize that that's what we do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Interesting. That's really good. And and if anyone is wondering about, um, like, what all of these terms mean or what these things look like, Y'all need to go to Mama Stay Fit on Instagram right now because her feed is just full of these incredible videos showing exactly what she's talking about right now. All right, so let's talk about pelvis shapes because there's commonly known like four different types of pelvis shapes, but we know through like genetics and like in i say interbreeding you know like um one pelvis shape marries another pelvis shape and then they have babies with like a mixed pelvis shape between the two of them you know what i mean like the europeans yeah. um marry into the asians and then those are two very different and distinct pelvic shapes but now the pelvis shapes are becoming less and less defined into one of the four types so um we have a lot of women, me and Megan both being one of them, I'm told that their pelvis is too small um to get a baby out, but is there really a particular shape of pelvis that makes it impossible to get a baby out or are there or are there certain things that um, make a big difference depending on, you know, your genetics or your pelvis shape and I know you talked about earlier that it's really hard to tell what your pelvis shape is. But I guess I'm just kind of rambling on now. So maybe you can pick on to one of those things I just said and just run (laughs) with it.
2: I would say the type of pelvis that is not going to get a baby through is one that doesn't open or create any space. So if you have some sort of, like, immobility within your pelvis for whatever reason, either from an accident or, like, really tight ligaments or joints where your pelvis cannot move to create space, then it's going to be really hard for your baby to get out. But there's so many, like... The the pelvic types are so, like, all over the place where – because, like you said, like, people are breeding with one another and we're very, like, interracial at this point Mm -hmm. where there's no, like – there are these three types and if you have this type, you will not have a baby vaginally. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's fairly accurate. Now, if you you marry someone and you're trying to procreate with someone who's, like, four times your size, like, you might be setting yourself up for a really, really big baby, maybe, I don't know. But generally, if your pelvis cannot move or you don't have the mobility to do so, then your baby might not be able to come
0: through. But I don't think that's a very
2: likely situation.
0: Yeah, Um, not very common. All right. So moving on, um, what are some exercises that people can do to prepare their pelvic floor and you know we already talked about the utero sacral ligaments and their body for birth like how what are some things that they can do to help loosen up those ligaments and make sure that their connective tissues are nice and mobile and flexible
2: there's no like one or two exercises that i could say if you do these to you have a vaginal birth by any means Mm because there's just so much involved with it for sure um so like we were talking about earlier like there's a lot of muscles and ligaments that support the uterus and the pelvis. And if they are balanced, then baby's going to be able to find space to fit wherever it needs to fit. And if one side is tighter than the other, it's going to kind of pull the uterus in a different way and just kind of change the shape of the space available for baby. So things that I would include and what we do include in our programming are like leg-based movement movement patterns. So like squats or deadlifts or lunges. So things that involve your glutes or so your butt And things that are kind of single leg or staggered leg, if single leg doesn't feel good for you, because we want to focus on those like unilateral sides. So that one sided movement to figure out where the unbalance might be. So if you do some single leg glute bridges and you find like, hey, this side is like way harder for me than the other, like you probably need to do some more reps on that side. So we want to focus exercises on like the posterior chain. So like your back size and moving in like the variety of planes. So like sideways, rotational, forward and backwards. There's a lot more in-depthness to it that I offer in my online programming and in-person with people that dive way more in deep to like finding that balance. And so it's really hard for me to just say do these two exercises and you'll be good to go. I talked about before how Spinny Babies has the three sisters, which is huge on like balancing the ligaments of the uterus. They have like a daily essentials thing that Mm -hmm. that do some certain stretches for like the hamstrings and things like that support the uterus as well. So it's much more stretching based. Webster Certified Chiropractor is going to help a ton and like even a pelvic floor PT. So if you have had a C-section before most and you haven't done any scar mobilization for your C-section scar, most likely you have scar tissue that is potentially Mm -hmm. adhering to different connected tissues surrounding your uterus that can like pull in a weird way. And so doing like scar mobilization is going to be huge. Now, if it's been like a period of time or even it hasn't been a period of time since your last C-section, like you can go to a pelvic PP PT and they're going to be able to give you like an individualized assessment and then give you like a treatment plan that's just for you because your scar is different than someone else's. We have a generalized scar mobilization plan um, on our website that was developed by a physical therapist. But again, it's a generalized, it's not individual. Like if you want an individual plan, you have to, you have to seek someone else specifically. So a physical therapist, particularly a pelvic floor one is um, so gonna be able to see like, hey, is this scar tissue adhering to other things and how is it affecting the function? Those okay. are the things that I would focus on.
0: <laughs> Wonderful, so, no, that's great. All right, so in just a minute, I'm gonna have you tell people where to find you and how to find out more about um your course. But before we do that, as a doula and as a VBAC trained doula, we want to know if you could give one piece of advice for a parent preparing for VBAC, what would that advice be?
2: Based on my knowledge of anatomy and physiology of the birth process, I think the most important thing for mothers who want to have a vaginal birth is to be aware of their innate movement patterns that they're going to have during labor. So, essentially, trying to go as long as you can without an epidural. Once you get an epidural, that innate movement such so as goes away. So yeah. we're kind of we're kind of left without that tool. To help you figure out how can we create the most space to help your body continue to descend. So that would probably be the biggest tip that I give for somebody that wants to have a back is wait as long as you can. I'm not saying don't get one at all. Mm-hmm. Just try to wait mm-hmm. until you're like at least six or eight centimeters. Like baby is like,
0: Engaged. you've had a really good labor
2: pattern. Baby is probably in a really good position. Mm-hmm. So that way we can see the movement that you have. Also hire a doula, preferably yes. someone that is familiar with VBAC and also understands birth anatomy and physiology. So a VBAC link trained or certified doula. And then someone who's taken a spinning babies workshop is going to have that basic understanding. And then also just asking the doula, like, have you worked with a VBAC mom before? Like birth is birth, um, regardless of how you've given birth before and how you plan on giving birth in the future. But there are some things that are like specific to the VBAC mom that I think it's important for a doula to have some experience with or at least Absolutely. be willing to say, I haven't worked with them before. Like, you would be my first, but I've supported all these other births. Um, right. So I wouldn't say it'd be a deal-breaker, but I I think it's important. So Absolutely. That's, those are my recommendations to a parent prepping for – and take the VBAC link course.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, well I thanks was just for that shout out. <laughs> We have a really, really beautiful, pretty course that is a lot better um, than the one Gina took when we very very first started um it's pretty it's gorgeous it's branded it's at your own pace and it's lifelong access you can take it as many times as you want you can start as soon as you want even before you get pregnant um you can find that information on our website thevbacklink.com but i want to talk about doulas gina was one of our very first doulas on our website and you can go to the vbacklink.com/slash find a doula. That's all one word. And you can find a doula in your state. And as of the time of this recording, which is the end of October, we have 20 states in our directory and four countries now, which is like super awesome. cool. But by the time this episode airs, we're gonna have even more because we've got lots of manuals shipped out um, and training courses shipped out to a whole bunch of other states. As well, So, if you're looking for a doula for your VBAC, which we highly encourage, go to our website, the slash findadoula. And if you're interested in learning more about Gina's in-person or online courses, you can find her under North Carolina in our doula directory, the slash findadoula. Click on North Carolina, and she's going to be right there. But if you want to get to her in a more direct way, Gina, what is your website (laughs) and how can people contact you? It is MamaStayFit.com. So
2: everything's the same. Instagram, Facebook, and my website are all MamaStayFit. Perfect. Um, On my social media, usually more Instagram than Facebook because sometimes I can't post videos and pictures to Facebook at the same time, which is annoying. Anyways,
0: I post daily
2: videos on the anatomy and physiology of birth to help educate families. Just trying to take the mystery away from birth and give them tangible tools to use throughout their birth. So I have people like message me like daily that are like, I used your tips and I had my baby, and I'm like, awesome. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Cool. Yes. And then yeah, we have online fitness programs. Um, we have in person ones as well. I offer childbirth education courses that are mostly in person. I don't. I don't have any online classes yet. But yeah, like I would totally like to connect with people that listen to this podcast. You can send me an email through my website as well. Um, I have a contact form on there. And yeah, I'm I'm super stoked to continue to support families, even virtually. And I'm definitely really glad that I came across Feedback Week like almost a year ago now.
0: Oh, Um, yeah. And I've I've had
2: so many of my clients that refer to your website for information that just feels so much more confident about their care, where they can go to their provider and they can say, no, VVAC link told me this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: All these providers are like, what's a VVAC link? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
2: I need to Google this. Uh Uh, That's
0: awesome.
2: So there's just so much power in, like, the science of things and really understanding it. It's it's so much harder to, like, convince someone to make a fear-based decision when they have the education behind it, when they understand their research. And that's what you guys provide, and I hope that's what I'm providing people too super stoked to be on the podcast today or whatever day this this goes on (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) well thank you and i wanted to also spell your instagram out it's m-a-m-a-s-t-e-f-i-t so mama stay s-t-e fit not don't type it in m-o-m-m-a-s-t-a-y fit (laughs) you won't find it it's like Namaste, like yoga. Yeah, namaste. Namaste. Yep. But Mama. Stay. But with an
1: M. Yeah. with an M. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we're going to tag her in our show notes and we'll feature her on our Instagram page as well. Yeah, so so just give go to her our a Instagram follow. right now. Your mind will be blown. Yes. It will be blown in a good way. And we're excited for you guys to get to know Gina a little bit better and have even more incredible resources to help you prepare along your journey journey for the perfect birth for you absolutely it's a great tool
1: would you like to be a guest on the podcast head over to the vbacklink.com share and submit your story for more information on all things vback including online and in-person vback classes the vback blog and julie and megan's bios head over to the vbacklink.com congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the vbacklink